No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Amos prophesies against Moab, Judah, and Israel. God has been faithful, but they have been disobedient. Therefore, they won't escape the coming judgment. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Amos chapter 2 on Simply the Bible. Amos was a farmer whom God called to be a prophet to the nation of Israel. He began prophesying against six Gentile nations. Now, even though these people did not have the laws of God, as did Israel, they were still accountable to God. Every person has a conscience, and his conscience will either accuse him or excuse him on the day of judgment. We continue in Amos chapter 2. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Moab and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because he burned the bones of the king of Edom to lime. But I will send a fire upon Moab and it shall devour the palaces of Kiriath. Moab shall die with tumult, with shouting and trumpet sound. And I will cut off the judge from its midst and slay all its princes with him says the Lord. Now, Moab was the sixth Gentile nation that Amos spoke against. They had refused to give Israel passage when they came into the promised land. Then the king of Moab hired Balaam to pronounce curses on Israel. But when that didn't work, the Moabites sent their women into the camp to seduce the men and lead them into idolatry. But the sin for which God would judge the Moabites was that they burned the bones of the king of Edom to ashes, thus desecrating them. Now, God would in turn send a fire upon them to devour them. He would cut off both the judges and the royalty. We know that Moab was eventually taken by the Assyrians and became the home of numerous nomadic tribes, but the nation of Moab no longer exists today. Verse four, thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they have despised the law of the Lord and have not kept his commandments. Their lies lead them astray, lies which their fathers followed, but I will send a fire upon Judah and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem. Now, to this point, the people of Judah and Israel would have gladly listened to Amos giving his prophecies against the Gentiles. They didn't like these nations because they had been perennial enemies, so they would have rejoiced to see God judge them. But now Amos aimed at Judah and then Israel. Would the people of God be willing to listen to Amos? when he convicted them for their sins? Notice that when Amos spoke against the Gentile nations, he mentioned sins against humanity. These nations had rebelled against the testimony of conscience, for they did not have the laws that God gave to Moses. But Judah sinned against the law of God. They despised his commandments. With greater knowledge comes greater responsibility. The people of Judah had been given the truth but they preferred lies. 
They knew the true and living God, but they chose to worship dead idols. Therefore, God would send a fire on Jerusalem. The Babylonians would come against them and burn their city and their temple. While our nation has never been a theocracy as was Judah, we certainly have the knowledge of God's laws. Our nation was built on the worship of God through Jesus Christ. We were a Christian nation at one time. We have been given both the Old and New Testaments, and we are inundated with Bibles. We can pull them up on our smartphones, but how many people really are paying attention to God's Word? How many people are regularly reading the Bible? And of those who know God's commandments, how many are actually doing them? We will all give an account for the light that we have received. If I sin, then I have no excuse because I have been given so much revelation through the study of God's word. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they sell the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. They pant after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor, and pervert the way of the humble. A man and his father go into the same girl to defile my holy name. They lie down by every altar on clothes taken in pledge and drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. So God had several indictments against Israel. First, they were selling the righteous for silver. Now, this could have been trading slaves within the nation. Under the law, a Hebrew could sell himself for six years, but the seventh year he would go free. They could have been taking Hebrew slaves and keeping them longer than the six years, or they could have been selling them to other nations. Both of these practices were prohibited, or they could have been selling them out, meaning that they were being disloyal or slandering them for just a pair of sandals. Whatever this referred to, clearly they were not treating their fellow Israelites with respect, but taking advantage of them. God said that they had been panting after the dust on the head of the poor. That probably meant that they had been mistreating them in court. The rich judges were not giving justice to the poor, but they would fine them and then use the proceeds for their own ends. In this way, they perverted the way of the humble, shoving them out of the way, denying them of justice. They were also committing sexual sin. A father and his son would have relations with the same girl. Now, this was clearly prohibited in the law. It could have been that they were both taking advantage of the same household servant in that culture. She would have had little recourse, but would have easily been exploited by such perversions. This could have also referred to both father and son going to the same shrine prostitute who was earning income for pagan temples, in which case they would have been guilty not only of sexual sin, but also of idolatry. God said that they were defiling my holy name. You see, by doing these practices as God's covenant people, they were bringing God's name into disrepute. Also, they were lying down by every altar on clothes taken in pledge. So they would go to these high places, worshiping these pagan deities, but even then they were taking clothes 
that were taken in pledge. Now, according to the law, they were to give a garment back to the person at night so that if it was a poor person, they would still have something to keep them warm. But they were committing their idolatry and also stealing the clothes of people that were poor. Finally, they were drinking the wine of the condemned. That is the wine that they had unjustly extracted from the poor as fines in court was then being raised in honor to a heathen God. So the point was that they were compounding their sins, one on top of another, and doing everything that was wrong in the eyes of God. Verse 9, Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and he was as strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. God would often point to the fact that he had delivered them out of Egypt and brought them into the promised land. God had been gracious to them. God had destroyed these great giants of the Amorites when he brought them into the promised land and completely wiped them out. Also, it was I who brought you up from the land of Egypt and led you 40 years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. God had taken care of them through all those years, despite the fact that they had been so disobedient toward him. I raised up some of your sons as prophets and some of your young men as Nazarites. Is it not so, O you children of Israel, says the Lord? But you gave the Nazarites wine to drink and commanded the prophets, saying, Do not prophesy. Now, God had raised up these people to be a witness to Israel. The prophets would tell them what they were not doing right, would call them back to the law of God, would tell them, look, if you keep God's law, he will bless you. But they didn't want to hear what the prophets had to say. And then the Nazarites had taken a vow that they would not drink anything from the grapevine or drink any wine. They wouldn't cut their hair, but then they would give the Nazarites wine to drink and so pervert them. Uh, And yet they were to be an example of the life of holiness. So God said, behold, I am weighed down by you as a cart full of sheaves is weighed down. Therefore, flight shall perish from the swift. The strong shall not strengthen his power, nor shall the mighty deliver himself. He shall not stand who handles the bow. The swift of foot shall not escape, nor shall he who rides a horse deliver himself. The most courageous men of might shall flee naked in that day, says the Lord. So the burden of their transgressions had weighed heavily on the Lord. Any parent knows this, that when their child does something terrible, it just weighs heavily upon their heart. And this is how God was feeling. Now, the consequences of their sins would weigh heavily upon them. Even the swiftest warrior would not be able to escape the invasion by the Assyrians that was coming. And the strong and mighty would not be able to deliver themselves. Even the most courageous among them would run away naked and in fear in that day. And so God used Amos to pronounce the judgment that he was bringing against his own people Israel. They would have had trouble accepting these words. They were prosperous and secure at the time. Everything seemed to be fine. They were, after all, God's covenant people. And yes, they would expect judgments to come upon others, but surely they would be spared, right? 
But God is no respecter of persons. He shows no favoritism. When unbelievers commit crimes against humanity, God will hold them responsible. And when believers sin with knowledge against the commands of God, they will have even more to give an account for on the day of judgment. God sees all. The fact that he has been gracious to us and delivered us from our sins, the fact that he has given us so many resources and been so patient with us, that should cause us to seek him, to seek to obey his laws out of gratitude. So let us never use his grace, never use his patience as a license to loosen our morals or to violate our conscience or to transgress God's commandments. Because if we do these things, then surely we will not escape the judgment of God. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you that you show us these things so that we might be warned. Lord, help us not think that we are the exception. Father, I pray that though we may look at others and see the sins in others, that we would look at ourselves as well and see, Lord, where our lives are not measuring up to the truth of conscience and the truth of your word. Lord, reveal these things to us so that we may confess them and turn from them and know your pleasure and your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give toward this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash building project. That's calvarytv.org slash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow we will see that the Lord chose Israel from all nations, but they broke His laws. God withheld bread and rain and killed their young men, yet they refused to return to Him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Amos on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.